Welcome, everyone, to another week with your host, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen, on this program on Here to Take Your Emotional Questions. So we're looking forward to taking your questions or your comments. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, and looking forward to Siata Deshmaya. Just before we start the program, Harav Nissen, I'd like to just share with all the listeners that there is a longtime friend of my family, a longtime friend of my in-laws' family, that was Nebuchadnezzar this week, and his name is Rabbi Yaman Hershkowitz from Eretz here in America for all these years, and unfortunately was Nifter from an illness. But what makes him so special, and there are many people that I know, you know, that are unfortunately Nifter, and we don't discuss them is because he's a person that always had a positive word to always say, you'll see, you'll succeed. And to everyone that I know, to every one of the family members, he would always say, you would make it, and always tell us how special everyone is. In fact, when we started on the radio, he was the one telling me, I heard your questions and answers, and it's fantastic. You're going to see how far you're going to go. And at that time, we didn't even know if this program would last. And he said, of course it will. You're going to see it's going to be great. And my father-in-law Rabbi Yitzhak Bornstein, and he has another great friend, Rabbi Uncle Gutman. They would sometimes sit together, or just before the shir that they would have, they would listen, just tell me the couple of words. But having a person that knows you for so many years, and as we all know, when you've got people in the past that they know you when you're younger, they sort of don't give you that respect, or they look at you as kids. And these are people, this Rabbi Yom Hershkowitz is someone that would say you would make it, you would succeed. It's no wonder that when we think about there are the most famous songs out there from Ein Aroich that we sing, Ein Aroich L'cho Hashem Eloikeinu. So Benjamin Hershkowitz is the machaber of that song, someone that's full of hearts, and unfortunately, or it's a schos, however we could look at it, but the Rabbi Nishlelem has sent him, has taken him back. But there's one more point for us to mention, and that is his chashev of Nebaius, Mrs. Hershkowitz, they are someone that they are both filled. They fill their life with Tashmish Kedusha, with doing things for the Rabbi Nishleilam. The Atzei Chaim was one of the side jobs Rabbi Yaman Hershkowitz did. Diamonds was his main parnasa, but at the side, it's two, three generations. His father used to sell the Atzei Chaim for the, for the Sefer Tires. He sold it, and now his son, Rameyer Hershkowitz, which lives in Lakewood, continues the Mahalach of three generations of standing behind doing that. And his wife, there isn't a chesed organization that she doesn't the volunteer for. The Hever Kedusha, unfortunately, that book of someone's nifta, and they need someone to write Korea for the women. And if you need to go to their house, she's there. And other mitzvahs that there is for women that needs to be done, she goes. If there was when the Hurricane Sandy hit in Seagate, she was over there volunteering and trying to raise money. Wherever you go, this is a family that they are full of heart with a huge positive smile on their face, and for me personally, whenever I would go or see him in shul, he would always tell me, keep on going, chazak v'yamot, and always tell me, your father is so proud of Shemayim, and unfortunately, he will be a loss, and we'll be missing him, and I was thinking about him a lot. I figured, for all of us listening, we are a family listening, we're people that listen all the time, and people listen for years. Just know that it's something that I really appreciate, and with Siata Deshmaya, may we all be able to be mispaul, and the Shama should have uh, should be under the country, Amen. Now, yes. And, now we are going to go to. Also, you know. Yes, <laughs> Rav Nissen, He also loved hearing you on. He would tell me your opinions. You know, an Israeli when he hears you on the airline and say how great it was, how special. Loved it. You know, there are people that always have positive and a good eye. And I enjoy him and his wife and his son. 
and son-in-law and grandchildren, really a special, special family. Yes, Amen. So, Arvnissen, who are we going to go to? Who, is, who do we have on the line? Mr. Y. Mr. Y. Hello, well, you're afternoon. on the air with Mordecai and Arvnissen. Okay, my question is, I have a 13-year-old, <clears throat> and his issue has very low tolerance level. And it mostly works in yeshiva, where he has difficulty understanding the learning, and things go, doesn't go the way he expects things to go. He gets very frustrated, and he starts acting up, getting very <clears throat> out of control. And then when he comes home, he starts hitting the siblings, and he... <clears throat> His, his tolerance level is very, very low. So we started going to therapy with him, but he doesn't really want to cooperate and to go to therapy. He, he goes to therapy because he understands he has to, but it's not something he wants, so he doesn't cooperate with the therapist, and the therapist doesn't really go any very far with him. So well, let's take question your question. Is, so, how what you're saying, you have a son that's got low frustration tolerance, and there are issues going on. You're sending him to therapy. He's going to therapy. He's connect. He's not connecting with a therapist. He's not engaging correct. in therapy. Correct. Yeah. So we we went to therapy num therapist number one. <clears throat> yeah. Good recommendations. Good references. He didn't connect to him very much. So after a while, we changed. So we got a new therapist with even better recommendations, and. He still tells me, I don't have patience, I don't want to go, I don't want... It's, the, the, the idea that he goes to therapy bothers him. It's only when the manal tells me that I, <clears throat> that I need to, to concentrate more. It's only, he tells me all the reasons what makes him frustrated, and that's why I don't need to go to therapy. You see that I only have problems... Okay, let me people. help you out. Let me, let me help you out. A second. <clears throat> let's, let's cut to the chase. Okay. What's happening over here is... That you have a son. Okay. What's happening is you're having a son that's got to be in therapy. Mm -hmm. I was just told it's not too clear. I'm trying from a different line. I wonder if it's any clearer. That sure. um, you have a son that doesn't really want to be that doesn't want to be in therapy. Now okay. we're yeah. talking about what he's saying. It is connecting. Is not connecting. He is understanding the therapy. He's not connecting to the therapist. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a secret that I do with all my clients. And forgive me for what I am going to tell you. And that is, before we send our 13-year-old kids to therapy, one of the parents, mother or father, needs to be in therapy. To me, it's a prerequisite. Anyone that comes to me, the parents find the most frustrating issue. They want to send me a kid, and I say, I'll take one of your kids, whichever one you want, but one of the parents must go for therapy. Let me ask you, what do you think will change if you or your wife would be in therapy while your son is in therapy? I want you to understand the foundational thought. Okay. If you're asking? Yeah. What will happen? What will change? <clears throat> that I will understand. If you are in therapy or your wife is in therapy. I will, I will be able to connect with my son. That's right. What also will happen is, how many times is there a mistake? Oh, my gosh, you just behaved this way. I'm going to bring that to the therapist. We're going to... We no, that, nev that never happens. Okay, okay. Let me also share with you another idea that happens when mm -hmm. we send a parent to, therapist, to therapy. 
And I don't want the concept as if the parents need help. Not at all. Chas mm-hmm. Hashem, we're not saying the parents the issue. What I find is the parent is the master key. That means, imagine this one kid. So can I know you've got other kids, but this one kid triggers your buttons. If you can recognize what buttons do they push, so I've recently even spoken to a, to a person where they tell me when the kid has demands, that's when they get triggered. As long as everything is nice and easy and warm, they're okay. But the minute the kid starts demanding, they said all their kids are gentle, but that one daughter demands and they blow it. Once we worked on that parent, besides the working on the daughter, we still worked on the daughter, but once we worked on that parent, that the parent was able to have a daughter demand and just stay calm and relax and say, that's not how you speak to me, we'll discuss it another time. And then he goes, oh, what are you talking about? If I don't have it now, I'm going to yell and scream. You can do whatever you want. We'll discuss it when you're calmer tomorrow. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I've done this with my kid, and to be honest with you, I would say 50 to 70% of his issues, of his frustration, but the way he gets out his frustrations, it went away. Let's say last words again, and 50 he, to 70% yeah. of the issues are? Because, what? Just say the last words again. Okay. All the, the ways that he gives out his frustrations went away by me acting that way. So when he, for example, <clears throat> took something that my wife cooked and he took it outside, I made myself, okay, you took it out. It's not going to help. It's so he yeah. he understands that by acting up he's not getting anywhere. Yeah. So he knows not to act up anymore. So yeah. I, and I explained him you're not you're going to therapy because you have there everyone has issues and we need to have a way of getting over our problems and issues and the younger we are the easier it is to get over with and to learn techniques. How to get now, over let me ask you our something. problem. When you've, well, now, let me ask something. When you've done those changes, has anyone mm-hmm. guided you or you made the changes on your own? No, the therapist guided me. Oh, so you're going to the same therapist that, let's say, your son is going to? Yes, yes. Excellent, fantastic. Now, what does the therapist say is the next step? He wants me right now <clears throat> to have... And we started doing it, and my son actually likes it to an extent, but to have um, tutors, and not just Yingalite that don't know, but real professional tutors help him out in Yeshiva. So he's going to feel accomplished during the day, during the week, and once he gets calmer and he feels that that he's, he's a yes, he, he can understand and because up until now, whenever he didn't understand something and he wasn't uh, in the top of the class, he got frustrated and he acted out. So by helping him, but feeling accomplished, once he gets he gets uh, a little bit of satisfaction, hopefully he's going to be able to he's going to be able to to accept. Okay. Help. Now, did the therapist try? Did the therapist try? working out you and your son together to communicate to together that when he's frustrated does the therapist work out with you guys together in a room how to work out his frustration when he's frustrated how to act what's the appropriate level of, of discussing frustration uh, my son doesn't want me to be with him with the therapist we, we tried this I spoke to him and asked my son would we be going would, we, would you be willing for me to come with you, and let's all together yeah. speak 
and talk what the problems are, and let's see how we can solve and, and get to where everyone is going to be happy. We all want to help you. This is no one wants to do anything. No, no, I know. Just give me the details. The yes to no. You're yeah. Oh, okay. Apologize. Yeah, my son to... does. Yes, fine. My son doesn't yeah. want me. To so be your son doesn't want. Did the therapist try speaking to your son? I can verify, but I don't know. Okay. How long are you going? Um, we went with this particular one. We went three weeks, three times. And oh, so three times isn't even the beginning. If you've seen a 60%, 70% change with just you going... Oh, no, like, that's over a six-month period. No, no, that, the 60 to 70% change is over six months. Meaning okay. the last therapist, so the last go, one, okay. my son, yeah. the last three mm -hmm. times, all he said to the therapist, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. He, he, he wasn't able to pull out from my son very much information of anything. Okay. So let's go back. What's your question again? How can I convince my son that it's for his benefit to participate and to cooperate with the therapy? Ooh, that's a heavy one. That is the one answer that I don't have. That's the one question I don't have the answer to. Many times people come to me and they go, how do I get my kid to therapy? The response is always, you go to therapy. And that would really be my response. Instead of speaking to the therapist, for you to actually go to this therapist, it gets complicated because you can't really go to your child's therapist without, without the person getting permission or at least informing because you don't want someone to feel like they're going to betray the trust. Right, right, right. You can't stab anyone in the back. You can't find out afterwards. That's right. Therefore, I'm very, very, uh, therefore I'm, I'm very important. It's very important to be open. So I wonder if you right. can tell your son, I want you to know this therapist that you're going to. I feel I trust him, and I would also like guidance for me, how I can handle the situation better. And many times, as you said, in the last six months, the situation at 50 to 70% better. Just by you getting guidance, I think it will help you tremendous. By you going and you being excited, you saying, you know, I went to a therapist, I just got this interesting concept, and you can discuss it or without even telling your son, just seeing the changes within yourself will make a change all over. Mm -hmm. Again, you're asking the hardest question that I don't have the answer to. But the solution that I do find is the only solution that I found that worked was not getting the kids to therapy, which, Baruch Hashem, you have your 13-year-old son in therapy. It's getting yourself in therapy. And then eventually, oh, so what's the big deal? It's okay. I even yeah. had a client where the mother was an adult. She was taking medication, and then we had to get the son on medication. And the son says, you want to put me on medication? I'm crazy. And the mother said openly, says, what do you mean? You know I take Zoloft. You know I take whatever it should be, Lexapro, Prozac. It was like an SSRI mm -hmm. for anxiety. And I'm not crazy, and you respect me. Well, you got whatever you need, and you got to take care of it. But as long as the mother or the father, the, as long as the parent didn't feel comfortable with it, then they had a hard time telling the son means if you can feel comfortable going for therapy, really changing within yourself, then you can tell your son, what's the big deal? I'm going, and it's helping. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. And I just want you to know it's a Kiddush Hashem that you're sharing, that you're doing it, and you, let's say you're going to the second therapist, just for people to hear that sometimes you accomplish somewhat with the first therapist, something with the second. And therapy, finding the right therapist, is almost like a shidduch. So when you get the right one, it's a great match, and you need someone that will yeah, match. Yeah, I think the first step is that you have to realize you have to do what you have to do. Once you, you're okay to do whatever you have to do, then things are easy. Wow. Yes, thank you. Thank you for okay. sharing that. Thank you very much. Excellent.
Yes. And keep on doing what you got to do. Thank you very much. We are going to go now to Mrs. Y. Mr. Y, now we're going to Mrs. Y. For those that would like to call and ask your question or comment, the number is 718-685-5850. I'm sorry, 683-5858-718-683-5858. And just to be aware, some of us are asking, we've gotten like a message to please discuss Shaduchim. I would love to discuss Shaduchim. We need someone to call up a question to ask Shaduchim. Shaduchim is a huge topic that we can discuss about 10 years straight. So if someone would like to ask questions, I'd ask you to please not to text in a question, like talk about a topic, actually call up, and we can have a great uh, discussion about that. Okay, Mrs. Y, you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Yes, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, I wanted to know if um, a mother feels very overwhelmed because of all the things going on in the house, um, but she doesn't know she has time for counseling. What do you recommend? Let's understand your question. She doesn't have time to take care. She's overwhelmed, but she doesn't have time to go to therapy. Right. Right. She feels like, so, you know, she gives and she gives. And do you think she'll have time for counseling when she's got to take three of her kids to therapy or when she'll have five grandchildren with anxiety and fears? Do you think she'll find the time then? I'm sorry for being that blunt. But that's how it goes. The parents are overwhelmed, means you're going to be yelling, screaming, means one of your kids or two of your kids aren't going to be listening to you, are going to be having issues in school, then you're going to start having the PTA meetings, then you're going to start blaming the school and everyone else, it's everyone else's fault, then you're going to blame your husband on your why the kid is just like him, and then this kid's going to be bothering other kids, and then this is the whole process. So the question is, when do you want to deal with it? Do you deal with it earlier on or ahead of time? Besides for the fact that what do you think a house is going to look like when the mother is overwhelmed? Forget about, like, mm-hmm. the issue when the house is falling apart. What, how do you think your, not your house, how do you think a person's house will look when the mother is nervous? And she's admitting she's nervous, but I can't change anything. Everything has to stay the same. My wife says that counseling is really going to help. I'm sorry, can you please speak a little louder? It's it's not always counseling that will help. Sometimes, you know, they need more help in the house or... Ah, you know. well, why aren't they able to get the help that they need? And they can't afford it. Ah, maybe the counseling part that they've got some limiting beliefs is what's holding them back. Uh-huh. Maybe. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I ask let, another let question? Let me explain it to you. When someone, when people say, I'm not coming to therapy because of the money, it's never about the money. When people go, they're not going to therapy because they're about them, don't let It's not because they're about them, don't let because they're about them, let When people say, I don't go to therapy because my husband or wife doesn't let, I don't. When people say, I don't, I don't go to therapy because I don't have time, it's never about the time. It's all about they know that they can do it. And the minute they have to do it, they do it. It's okay. a denial. Okay. It's the blockage. Can I ask a question about Shadokhan? Go right ahead. We'll change topics. So first we answer the first question. Let's have closure to that. Your first question was, what happens if a mother is overwhelmed? What should she do? The answer is start going for therapy. Overwhelmed is an excuse for inner turmoils that are happening. Could be family issues. Could be other stuff that we're continuing to try to avoid, and we like blaming it on technical issues. I don't have time to go to therapy. If I don't work, boy, the bills won't get paid, and all those other reasons. It's possible. Go ahead. Now let's go to a Shidduch question. Thank you. Okay, if somebody asks you a question and um, about somebody, and, you know, um, 
I think probably the answer is yes. A, but B, and C. You're A. Someone asks you. So okay, B let's say ask somebody asks you, um, if this person that you know, that you are a reference on their resume, if, let's say, they, um, for example, I don't know, have a television, right? So, you know, you're not sure. So what are you supposed to say? What do you think you're supposed so you to say? don't know. Ask you a question that you don't know. know. Right, but then they think, oh, that means probably that they have one. You're just saying that you don't know. Or let's say they ask... Ah, um, now let's understand what you just did. Look at what you just did. You just did something that is one of the guarantees to create and to get anxiety. Let me share with you the concept. The concept is called mind reading. If I give you an answer, I am now starting to interpret how you're going to respond to that answer that I'm giving, and therefore I'm not going to give answer A because you're going to interpret A as B, so therefore I'm going to say C, thinking that you're going to interpret C as D. Do you understand how confusing it stops getting we get mind reading? If someone asks you, do you know if they have a TV in their house, and you say, I really don't know, right away, oh, that means yes or no, then right away I should say, you know you should ask them, oh, but if I say that, then they're going to assume something else. Anxiety, thought-provoking anxiety, when we start, deeping, start thinking deeper than the simple reality. What's mm-hmm. the answer? Now, if you're talking about Russian horror, you've got to ask a rub if it's Russian horror now. But this is now a simple, let's take it out of Shadduchim, where it's a Russian horror question. Just a simple question. If someone asks you, can you babysit my kid tonight? And you're thinking, if I say yes, then they will say thank you. But if I say no, they'll think that really I'm not their friend anymore. So maybe I should say yes. No, 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 stop going into that. It's very simple. Tonight is not a good night for me to babysit. Right. Right. Got it? Okay. Yeah, well, that, that one was pretty simple, but let's say somebody says, you know, are they friendly? And, you know, you're thinking like that they could be friendly, but, you know, depends to who. Sometimes they're a little difficult to deal with. So, you know, are you supposed to say that? Well, again, we're getting now, let's, let's take out the halacha aspect. Let's just deal with something. If I ask you a question about anyone, do you have an issue just in Shadokim? You have a general question. Do you have an issue being direct, saying what you think? Right. Now I want to, can you answer that question? That's the important part. That's what I hear behind your question. You're not asking a question about Shadduchim. That's why I'd like you to identify. The issue is within yourself. What do you mean? What are you hearing from my response? I'm not sure. Oh, I mean, you know, you don't want to say something is, negative. I feel you have an issue. Let me be direct. I feel you have an issue being with yourself, saying something. You're busy thinking about others. You're overthinking simple processes in life. It's a self-esteem issue. It's a confidence issue to be able to say something. And so that's why they are nice mm-hmm. people. Yes, they're nice people. Sometimes they're not. So is everyone. But you're overthinking every mm-hmm. word exactly for it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And okay. with order to be co- what? I, I hear, I hear. It happens to be that some people are more difficult than others, but I hear what you're saying. Let me ask you, is this person a difficult person? Yeah, yeah, in a way, but do then I want to... That's your answer. <laughs> then the answer is, oh, you're asking me about now. We'll go into if it's Russian horror or not, or if you should say that for Shadduchim or not, or something else, but they are... There are, you could say from a scale of 1 to 10, there are people that are 10 easy or, or 10 difficult, they're not a 10, but they're definitely a 5 or 6. Now, mm-hmm. when it comes to Shadduchim, it's a whole different thing. Well, so it will be Mashadduch. Is it just you? Is it not? Now you've got to speak to a Rav. 
Maybe you're not. Maybe right. you should not be the person that gives information for shaduchim. But let's just right. understand the concept. This issue. Your question is not about shaduchim. Your question is about you having the ability to answer a question without your self doubt beating yourself up. Mm-hmm. That's the right. point of your question, and that's okay. something that you got to master. Now, I'd like to ask, and we got some people on the line. I'd still like to get some more adults on the line. So if we can get someone calling up, some more adults, 718-683-5858. We're going to go to Mrs. M. You're on the Mordechai. Hi. Yes. Um, First of all, thank you so much for your line. My pleasure and honor. And, um, okay, I'm a teacher, and I suspected a girl from cheating. So my question to you is, I want to know, I'm not 100% sure that she cheated, but she made me think of this already a few times before she tested me. So I want to know if if I can confront her or if she's, I, I'm not sure if I should confront her, being that I'm not 100% sure. So can I confront her? How old her? is the girl? First of all, how old is the girl that we're talking about? A uh, seventh grader. A seventh grader. Uh-huh. Now, it does make a difference if it's a seventh grader or a fourth grader. But let's go ahead and deal with this concept a second. You want to confront a girl when you assume she's cheating. Do you think it's one test or several tests? Now, this is the first test that I actually saw it was a chemistry test, and she had it when I came close to her desk. I saw she, like, pushed it in under her desk, and I saw that she was flustered, that she didn't know it, so she was lost. So it makes sense that she wanted to try, you know, try to get away. But I have a, I'm not a thousand cents sure, so I don't want to confront her and then call her well, over and then she'll tell me I'm getting cheap. And I don't, want, you know, I don't want to hurt the girl. And now, hold on. Is this your first year teaching? Again? Is this your first year teaching? No, no. Okay. How did you deal with when other kids were were cheating? I never had this. I mean, I never had this issue yet. All right. Then let me explain to you something. When a kid cheats once, instead of being upset and confronting her, how about we do it the other way? How about you sit down with her and you ask her, what's going on at home? Do you have time to study? Are you getting the information? All cheating means when a kid cheats is that they are under stress, they didn't have enough time to study, and they're a good girl, and they want to do well. That's what cheating means. Now, we're concerned that it might develop into a system where they get used to, hey, I could get away with cheating, so therefore I'm going to cheat. But one thing we do know is that this girl does well in school, and now she's cheating. Before we start confronting her and we're worried about the cheating, remember, we're here as teachers to teach life, not to teach the information. Only. Most, mostly our job is to teach them life. Of course. How about you speak to her? What's going on? Did you study well for this past test? Did you have a hard time studying? Is there a reason why you had a hard time studying? Did I teach the information well? Are you tired lately? Now, it could be that... um, Let's try both scenarios. One, you confront her, I think you were cheating. B, you ask her, what's going on? Are we able to study? What do you think will change? Mm. So, it's not bad if I ask her, did like, I think you cheated? Let's go number one. Notice I asked you a question. I asked you a question, not you asked me a question. I asked you, 
What would be the response if you tell her, I think you're cheating. Why are you cheating? Did you cheat? Well, obviously, the first or, thing she would say, she didn't let's cheat. Stop, or you're sitting down, you're asking her, let's say her name is Henny. Hi, Henny, how are you doing? How was this week's studying? Was it harder? How did you find the information? Is it, were you knowing it? Mm-hmm. What do you think is the difference between option A and option B? Well, option A, she's going to get scared, and she's not going to open up. She's, she might continue with the lying process, you know, the lying. That's right. What will happen with option B? She might, she's going to answer me, and I might, get out, I might get out of her what, you know, the truth. Yeah. And, you might, and she might even say, yeah, there's so much, there's a simcha going on in the family. I wasn't able to study, or my mother had, had to go somewhere, and I had to babysit the kids every night, and it was so hard, or whatever else is going on. And therefore, they'll say they couldn't study. And then you might go, you know, I thought I saw you, like, maybe moving a book, like cheating. I understand if you were doing that. But can we do something that if you, if you don't have time to study, maybe I'll practice with you a little? You know, you can actually be open about it and be clear that it's not about the test. It's not about cheating. It's about doing well in life and about learning that sometimes things are hard. Teachers will work with you. Mm-hmm. You see how you can help her for life? Just... Just to focus. I want to shift I, the focus. I think I'm going to try it. Thank you so much for your You're advice. Welcome. I'd like to ask Rav Nissen because I feel something like this is where I'd love to have his in for. Mm-hmm. Um, um, okay, so, uh, so again, let, let's just repeat your question because I think your question is great. You're a teacher. You found a seventh grader. Um, cheating, but you're not 100% sure. You're pretty sure that when you're getting closer, she moved like the safer right away, so she hit it. And your question was, should you confront her? And the question is, if you confront her, she might continue lying. So what I recommended is option A, you confront her and she might lie, or B, we look at it as if you're now teaching her for life. And you'd ask her, what's going on in your life? Were you able to study? Are things happening at home? Is something going on? And then she might even open up, as you said. But even something more than that, she might even say that she's afraid of making mistakes. She might even say that she has a competition with another friend. There might be several ideas. Mm-hmm. Why? But this way you're opening up and she'll feel safe. She can trust you. Arvinista, what do you say? I think that what you say, you said everything. is You build trust between teacher and student and you create, show that you care about her and not only because to put her on, you know, on a spot that you cheat, but you really something that you care about something wrong, are you tired, you don't you sleep okay, your parents okay, you something, you know, something that you really show that care about uh, uh, you know, feeling and about what what is what will be with her. I think that when you build the trust, she wouldn't uh, sh- nobody will uh, misuse the trust that they built uh, between teacher uh, anyone, between the friends and teachers and parents. Trust is a, is a big, big word, and I think this is very important to all of us to build a trust between us. Yes. In fact, I just want to give you a little concept. I'm trying to find, I'm not finding it now, but there is a famous coach in sports that works for teenagers for high school dropouts, and their team has almost never lost. I'm believing they're going to try to find it, the championship. And once or twice they did lose. But the way they work is that they work as a team. That's not just about sports. It's about helping out everyone in their math, helping everyone in all the other areas, subjects that they have to have. And the two mm-hmm. times that they lost, it was because if one person lies, it's as if the whole team lies. 
and they worked together as a team. And what happened was someone needed help, and if you don't pass the class grades, then they can't play the games. And because one of them did not ask for help and did not ask the team for help, and they failed, the whole team, by choice, lost, chose not to play, and they lost, they lost by forfeit. But as the coach told them, you just won for life. Because we learn now to ask, and if we don't ask, we lose together as a team. We need to work as a team. Can you view yourself that you're not a teacher? And for all teachers listening, we're not only teachers for information. Mm-hmm. That's 10 or 20% of what we want to teach. What we want to teach is Amuna, Betachan, and Rabbein Islam. That's what they'll take with us, that with them. That's what we want the, t- the students to learn. And to right. see what it's like. So it's the next teacher. lesson after the test was actually about honesty. So it was just, it was interesting the way it came out. And being that I saw her cheating, I had already in my mind, I saw how she felt uncomfortable she was listening to my words. So. Yes. So. Yes. Now, good. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, uh, let me just uh, jump over. Sure. But the, uh, right now, you, see you already, before you said you're not sure that you che- she was cheating. And now you said that you're definitely cheating. I think that you somehow. I'm afraid that you some, some, somehow maybe transmit this kind of feeling to uh, on air, and she feel and you know again I just uh, but are you sure that she was cheating? Hundred percent sure, no. Okay, so I think I think it's not fair from from you to say it, you know. But you know, try to try to be uh, for yourself, from inside yourself, try to be a little bit more positive upon us, upon this girl, and you will see a, a beautiful result. Mm-hmm. I'm sure so. Okay. Right, which is also important, exactly, that many times we might have it, we might assume, but how many times were we wrong? So you might actually be right this time. But it's also possible that we're wrong, and therefore along those lines we get stuck, and we start unfortunately accusing others for that. Right, but so, I don't have anything negative against this girl. She's a wonderful girl. No, it's not about her. We're not saying you have anything about her. Just We just don't know. We just don't know, but we're going to act that way as if she did. Mm-hmm. So, yes, discussing it with her is important. It is. And you can even discuss, but again, how to bring it up is the beautiful level. Mm. Okay, thank you very much. And I pr- thank you. You're welcome. I really appreciate that you're bringing it up, that you're able to share your question, because it is very, very important. Like, it is important for teachers and it's important for students to know that their goal is really to be positive, to be able to work it out, to be able to trust. That's the goal. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. You're welcome. And the number to call is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Nissen, what do you say? Who do we take next? We'll go to the two girls that are waiting, uh, Miss... Uh uh, Miss M and Miss L. Okay, we have Miss. We have two girls on the line. Yes, what is your question? Yeah, hi. Thank you for taking our call. So we're actually yes. two cousins calling together. Yeah. So our question is: We have another cousin that sometimes we find her to be extremely annoying, and we want to know, like, how can we not show her that we are annoyed? Like. 
Okay, do you know how vague that is? Let me share with you this question. So I have someone that I know and I have issues with them. How do I not have issues with them? Yes. Okay, so how do you now give me a more detailed question, which you know if she's going to hear about this, she will not be insulted or upset. What's your question again? How can you ask this question with enough information that I can be able to give you an answer? Okay, so sometimes she can start talking, and she will just talk nonstop, and it's really hard to show her, like, we don't want to tell her outright, like, stop talking, so... She could talk like an hour straight. Now, what so we find it very hard not her showing her that we were annoyed. Okay, so let's go over this. Let's, let's try this. And we do this a lot with teenagers. And so far, almost all the times that we're dealing with teenagers, we're having the same issue with is a fear to be direct and afraid to be open. So what I'm going to actually ask you to do is to learn to be open with her and tell her you know something. Let's say her name is Shira. Do you know, Shira, that every time we speak, you speak for an hour straight? Or you told me, is there a way that you can speak in, like, less? Like, this way we have a conversation. Simple. But direct. she'll be very insulted. Notice the words insulted. So what's your other option? Let's go take it your option. So your option. I don't know. I tried it once, but she, like, she laughed and she, she didn't take it serious. Oh, hold on. She said she'll take it, she'll take, she'll be insulted. You're saying she didn't take it seriously. Which one? Yeah, because I was? told her once that, like, you talk and talk and talk, and she, like, laughed, and she said, well, why do you care? Like, I don't know, whatever, she just... Right, and how about I care because it's very hard for me. It's very, very hard for me to... It's going to be too official. I can't, whatever, it's not... Ah, so, le okay, let's try your way. What are yours? I love when, especially teenagers, by the way, forgive me when I say this, but teenagers really ask me questions when they have their answer. What answer do you really want to hear? I don't know. That's why I'm calling. Oh, no, no, no. Don't treat me like a beginner therapist. No. What answer do you really think? Um, I what guess. What do you think you should be doing that you've been trying to do? I, I don't know. Maybe there's a way that I could show that I, that you should stop, but not tell her, but whatever, like in between. Go ahead. Tell me, how do you tell someone without telling them something? Great question. Um, hint. I don't know. Something. Yeah. Tell me, how are you going to hint it? Let's try your way. Teenagers are so afraid to be direct. We assume teenagers, this is not just attacking you, just sharing to everyone listening, we assume that the world is so weak that if we tell them anything directly, then they will be hurt. Okay, but this cousin is a type that she doesn't take anything serious. Everything that I tell her, she thinks it's a joke or... She, she, wouldn't, un she wouldn't understand why we find it annoying. She thinks she's ah, being... so now you can ask her, would you like to do a role play? What it's like? Tell her, look, we want to be your friend. We like you. You're a cousin, but we're having a difficulty. You talk the entire time. You, he goes, like, let's do a role play, okay? You be this girl, and I am going to be you. Do you know, Henny, that every time, by the way, i got to tell everyone here, it's a big secret, but in the studio on my part, I have my daughter, Henny, right here in the room with me the whole time. And that's why I'm using the example of Henny the whole time. And she's smiling at me right now from ear to ear. And I just threw her a kiss. But okay, now. Let's go to this. So, so I'm the one who's doing the role play, or? 
yeah, let's pretend I'm going to be you, and you're going to be here, and we'll pretend your cousin's name is Henny. Henny, do you know that every time we speak, you're just talking the entire time, and it's very, very hard for me to have a conversation, because I know you're going to talk for an hour straight. I want, to, like, I want a conversation where it's both of us. Um, well, I thought you enjoyed my company. Oh, of course I enjoy your company. I enjoy your company when we have a conversation, but sometimes it becomes a one-way topic. So I want to enjoy. The reason why I'm bringing it up is because I enjoy your company, and if we don't do little changes, I might start not enjoying the company. What would her, be her response? Mm, I don't know. Uh-huh. Look, it's oh, her nature. On. It's not like she's doing it on purpose. It's her type that she starts Look, talking. So talking don't, so don't talk so she can't like keep... she would say it. Go ahead. Say it like her. What? I don't know I what like she would answer because she would feel it's like two cents. But... my personality. Say it that way, please. I should answer you the question, the answer that I told you. Respond like you're her. Stop talking in a third per, in a third person. Talk about you're her. You're now this cousin. I don't understand why I'm not clear. I'm speaking to you as if you're the girl. You're the cousin Henny. Then you respond yeah. in third person, but she wouldn't understand. Tell me, I talk about it like you. I can't go into her mind what she would answer, but... All right, so how did you feel when I said those words? Did you feel it was an attack? I don't know. Well, it's like, not, it's, we're not this type of cousin. Like, I'm going to t whatever. It's not this. Okay, so here's where we go again, why it's difficult when I work with teenagers, that when they get an answer, most of the time teenagers, almost like parenting questions where you need coaching, means you need to hear it three, four times, you need someone to hold your hand. So when I give you the information, adults get it, and then they know what they need to do. Teenagers, you need, I'm telling you the information, it's like the first time you're hearing it, and then you need more time coaching. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So the information that I was It's not you, that I, I could talk up, uh, whatever, I could tell her things outright. No, you but can't. Don't, don't tell me what you could do. The simple, direct truth, which makes everything so easy, is so hard. I feel like I'm being too tough on you because you're, you're teenagers. means I gave you the information. Now you're going to tell me ten reasons why it can't happen. Really, and I'm getting tough on you because I'm trying to get an entire therapy, five therapy sessions in a ten-minute conversation. The thing so is, it can happen. Can we I... can do it, but no, is it, no, is no. it a wise Let's idea? I don't, want to put you, I don't want to put you on that pressure. We gave you the information, okay? Can you realize uh -huh. that we gave you the information? Now, how to do it will take a little advice. So see if there's an adult, like a teacher that you can speak to, or if there's a mother or an aunt that you can discuss it with them, and that should help you, Okay. Okay, so next time I find her, I have to tell her this thing, so I'm going to... Oh, there you go. Now you're going to say it. When you're not ready to do it, anything you do, unfortunately, will not be successful. I'm going to ask you, please, not to do it. Okay. Thank okay, you. All right. Thank you very giving much. Giving you the yeah. information, to be honest with her, is what will help you, Merit Hashem. Anything else is not going to help you. All right. We're just going to read <coughs> one or two messages that we... <laughs> Um, got over here, Harvinison. All right, one of the
messages are, do not confront her to the teacher. By the next test, make sure to stand near her desk, and if she really is cheating, she'll get the message. Also, asking her what's going on in her life without bringing up the cheating issue is a great idea. Thank you. We are going to go to Mrs. R. Mrs. R, you're on the air with Mordechai and Rav Nissen on radio, J-Root Radio. Yes. Hello? Yes. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about my own personal experience when I was in fourth grade, and now I'm, I could be old enough to be a grandmother. Um, I was in fourth grade, and we had a Chumash test, and I, and I, um, the night before, I must have written crib notes on all the Rashis, and I suppose I took the test, and I must probably got 114. The teacher gave extra credit, and it was pretty obvious, it was probably to the teacher, you know, that I had, uh, cheated. Now, I'm basically like, it was an, I was basically an honest kid, and even today, I don't know why, why, why I would need to get 114. But um, the teacher, I didn't think, dealt with it pretty not right. She uh, gave me she gave me a zero, and uh, she, m- she might have told the principal and a PTA, but all I remember is till today the, the shame and the embarrassment. It was, it was that whole fourth grade was I was miserable because of that one experience. And, and if you say that it, it stopped me from doing it again, I did it one more time as well. Now, I have to say I'm a, I'm a very honest person i don't know why i did it but it's you know you don't know why a kid you know has to cheat maybe they feel i really don't know why but just know that there's a good chance that this kid is not a cheater for whatever reason they wanted to get a very good mark but um you know you have to be careful yes yeah, so now let's go ahead and let me let me try this with you if i would ask you what do you think was going on in your life in fourth grade that you felt the need to cheat I don't remember. I don't think there was anything going on. I think well, I just wanted to get a good mark. Pressure to be perfect. I how think, yeah, I think that was it. Maybe I just wanted to, you know. The teacher would sit down with you and say, "Hi, how are you doing? What's happening in your life?" You say everything is okay. Tell you, is there a pressure with the learning? Are you getting the learning? Is it working out? What do you well, I think that? the teacher. I think that the teacher just should have told me. You know, getting a perfect mark really is not so important. Like what I tell my kids, I don't care what you get. It's just like you try your hardest and you do well, and and that's it. The mark is really not an important thing. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, what do you think would have happened? Do you think if the teacher would have asked you to tell me? I think I saw you cheating by any chance. Was it a chance that you were cheating because you wanted to do well? And if the teacher tells you, I won't get you in trouble. We'll even keep the mark. I just want to understand what's happening. Do I don't think she even should have said that. She said, oh, boy, so you got 114. That's an amazing. But, you know, it's really not important to get a good mark. It's really the most important thing is just to do the best that you can. And, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, just, uh, just the mark is not in such an important thing. Yes. 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 Uh, I, w- I want to add something. that uh, this, this lady, uh, Mrs. I just add something that we didn't touch before, that sometimes kids are so scared from the teacher and they want to achieve so much because it's uh, emphasized of the teacher to get unread in the classroom and that's what also gives the pressure on the kids it's uh, you know it's himself you know itself you know, whatever just because uh, the the atmosphere in the classroom can be terrorized for some some kids and they will do everything just to get over for this that's right yeah yeah Okay, so thank you for letting me share. It's many years, and I still remember till today. It never went away. Let me ask you something. Since I am a therapist, what do you think could help you now since you're still walking around with that pain? Emotional, not huge. You're, as you said, you're a grandmother already. It happened so many years from fourth grade. What do you think would put you at ease? Do you think as a teacher would tell you, it's okay that you made a mistake? 
yeah, I think that would have been fine. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. We all maybe. Yeah, for sure that would have helped. I think for sure. Okay. Would it, you, you know? I you know I. Mm-hmm. Would you allow me to be a little bit creative and do what we call a live demonstration of role play? Which means many times when in therapy we change roles just to help the person process it. So imagine this. Okay, I'll take the role of the teacher. You'll take the role as the fourth grader, and I'll try that, and I'll tell you, you know, how are you doing? I see you got 114, and it's probably a big pressure on you to get that amazing, good, high mark. Do you feel a pressure to get such a mark? I most probably wouldn't, you know, <laughs> most probably wouldn't answer. <laughs> you know, I'd be right, too so shy, you know, I'd be scared okay, of the so teacher. You, no problem. I'll tell you, look, we're in class. I'm your teacher for, for so many months already. You could just shake your head. You don't have to say a word. Do you find it hard? Do you find it a pressure? you got to be perfect. I most probably wouldn't say anything. I feel bad. Oh, she knows that. I, he knows I cheated. <laughs> okay, now go. No, I'm, I'm just asking you because I want to make sure I'm speaking to every girl in the class. I want to speak to you. I want to make, I want learning to be fun. Do you find that learning is a little bit stressful? Um, probably I did. <laughs> I don't know why I remember staying up to like 11 o'clock. <laughs> right. So now I'll be asking you, right, so I'll be asking you, are you up late studying for tests? Uh, yeah, I was. I, I remember staying up till 11 or 12. That was fourth grade. It was crazy. That's right. So as your teacher, what I'm saying is what can we do that you won't stay up so late? How about we make it that you just have to get an 80 and up but I just want you to study max a half hour a night for, for work. That's it. Just a half hour, not more, and the night before the test, maybe 45 minutes. It sounds good. <laughs> and all you have to get is an 80 vote. If you get 100, I'm not going to accept it. I don't want you to get 100 if you spent one minute more than <laughs> no, I want to get 100. I want to get 100. But, uh, I don't want you to get 100. As your teacher, <laughs> I want you to be relaxed. I want you to. Be I don't need 114, but <laughs> yeah, I want to get 100. Okay. I want to do a be good as my friend who's getting 100, yeah. Do you think if we study for a half hour, you study for a half hour a day and 45 minutes a night before a test that you would get 100? Yeah, no, I really don't think, I really wasn't the type of kid that that, that had to get 100. I don't, I, I, I don't, I, that, that, like if I got a 90 would be so upsetting or an 80. I don't think that was so terrible, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think I was so bad, but... um you know, you know, I just, I just think that it would be like good if the teacher just said the mark's really not important. It's not an important okay. thing. All right, good. Yeah. So now we'll de role play. I am not your teacher. I'm Mordechai, and you are you. You're not in fourth grade now. Yeah. But the concept is, how do you feel just by having that little conversation? How does it feel within you? Uh, no, I, I, I remember fourth grade and how I felt as a fourth grader. Right, and now I want to ask you right now, how do you feel now when you remember the fourth grade? How do I feel now? When you're thinking back at that incident, do you find any of the stress has gotten lighter by this little role play? I think, no, I, I think I, I resolved it with myself and with my kids. Like, I, 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 you know, I think that helped me. Now I know a mark is not that important. So it's like, you know, I think I did, you know, get over the... You know the the fear and so the, the role play that we did did not make a difference at all. Is that what you're saying? You were. Yeah, you um, were I think uh, you know. I think they. You know, it was again there was a focus on the mark, which at the end of the way I resolved it is. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not okay. the, the, Very good. the mark is not that important. So you know, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. No problem. Okay. I want to thank you for okay, calling and sharing that information.
Yeah. We are going to go to Mrs. R, to okay. another Mrs. R. But just before we go to Mrs. R, I found the information. And listen, listen to this. This coach's name is Larry Gelwix. He was born in July 25th, 1950. Now listen to a winning streak, and his streak is not focusing on winning. From 1976 to 2012, he is the Highland Rugby's 35-year varsity record. That means from 1976 to 2012, they had 419 wins and only 10 losses. Could you imagine that's 419 wins and only 10 losses? And his focus is not about winning. It's not about who gets the best mark. It's about being a team. It's about motivating each person to be the best that they could be. And if someone on the team isn't going to succeed, then the entire team doesn't succeed. And that's a winning, winning level that they have from this 419 wins. They have 19 USA Rugby National Championships. In 26, so out of, in, in 26 years, 19 of them, they won the championships. Mordechai, yeah. is not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu asking us to be a team. Ribbono Shalom is looking for us and said, my kids, we are a team. We are, you know, you cannot pray without Minyan. We cannot be together. So we have to understand this. It's very, very unbelievable story. Beautiful. That's Mamash Pshat that so I've heard from the Rishonim going back when Yaakov Avinu, this past week's parashas and parashas Vayechi, when he gave each of Kal Yisrael, you know, each of the Shvatim a bracha. Like, what type of bracha? This one you're saying, you're going to be the ones at the sea, Zvulan. This one's going to be the bakers. This one's going to be the Torah. I mean, Yisrael, how is, how is a whole nation going to succeed that way? Or how will the whole shape it if they're all one thing? And the answer is that no, Yaakov Avinu gave everyone as a whole. We need someone to be the main ones that are going to take care of Tyrus, someone that's going to be in the military, someone's going to be the leader, someone's going to be the Kahanim. We're a whole, we're not a piece. He gave us all as an entire nation, just what you're saying. But yes, it's, it is so true, everything that you just said. We've got time for Mrs. R. We've got three minutes to go, so we're going to go to you. Hello? Hello? Yeah. Yes. Okay, my question is, why would a person talk to themselves? Could you speak a little louder? Um, is your question, why would someone want to speak to themselves? Yes. Well, why do you think they would want to speak to them? Well, can you give me more information? I feel that question is way too vague. I would have no way of answering about someone else. No, it's about myself. I just, I just talk to myself, and I'm wondering, wondering like, why, why I'm doing it. Okay, why don't you ask yourself, why do you think you're doing it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit hard. In I other words, usually we're getting questions where we can have a little bit more awareness. Take a guess. I can't hear you, sorry. Take a guess. Why do you think you're talking to yourself? I enjoy my company. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you like hearing what you have to say, and it's easier for you to actually express it. Good, that makes sense. Now my Isn't question is, do you also have friends that you speak to? Yeah. Are you the only one? Do you only give yourself time to talk to yourself, or do you also speak to others? Um, both. Then why do you talk to yourself? Most people like hearing their ideas, but they don't talk to themselves. Why do you talk to yourself? That's what I'm asking you. 
Ah, 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 don't shift it to me. We shift it to you. Therapy is not that I am the Navi or the mind reader. No, we turn you into that. I'm telling you someone does that when there's a reason. Now you start thinking, what's the reason that you talk to yourself? I don't know. I don't know how to figure it out. Take a couple of guesses. Does your family members talk? Does your mother talk to to herself or father? Do any of your siblings do that? No. Did you talk to yourself as a child when that's all that that when when people didn't allow you to speak to others? Is that the way? Did you have friends as a child and maybe you were able to discuss it with yourself? Were you sent to your room a lot as a kid? Did it just start happening now? Did it happen as a child? It happened also when I was a child and it's happening now again. So now answer those questions that I asked about your childhood. Uh, Were you sent a lot to your room? Were you sent a lot to your room as a punishment alone? No, but I spent a lot of time in my room by choice. Okay, so you were alone. So when you are alone by choice as a kid, that's what can happen. Means when you spend a lot of time by yourself and the brain likes to think, children will think out loud. And it could be that you developed it from then. Possible, but there's a lot more. Mm hmm. And I wonder if those thoughts that you have, are you able to share them with others? All right, everyone. I would like to thank you for calling in. Merit Shem, call next week if you'd like. We have overgone our, we've extended our recording, our time. So thank you all. Hatzlach, Aravnissen. Thank you for another amazing week. And thank you all the callers and listeners. Appreciate it. May we be able to share of Simchas together with the Gula Shalema. Amen. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners. And... Have a good night.